section 47 of a fair mystery this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by marcia payne a fair mystery by bertha m clay an important letter a few days after the events described in the previous chapter a paragraph went round the principal english newspapers which created some little sensation it was headed romance in high life and ran as follows it is not generally known that the earl of lindley has been married and lost his wife the marriage which took place when the young and gallant captain had little expectation of the earldom of lindley was in itself we believe a romance whether the sudden departure of the young officer for india was caused by the death of his young wife we are not aware as it was impossible to take his infant daughter with him the child was left in charge of his wife's friends we learn on the highest authority that the young lady who will henceforth take her title as the lady doris studley is a most beautiful and accomplished girl who will be a great addition to the shining lights of society the earl is about to take up his residence with his beautiful daughter at lindley court considerable sensation was caused by this but no one was in the least surprised captain studley had been known as a great flirt those who remembered him as the handsome young man of his day smiled and said there that is why the gay gallant never married i thought there was some reason how many rich widows smiled on him and smiled in vain they wondered a little when he had married and all agreed that it was most probably a nobody a girl with a pretty face he never cared for any other neither birth nor money that was certain the announcement caused no other remark and was very soon forgotten if lady doris studley was anything like the studleys she would be sure to be beautiful they had always been without exception the handsomest family in england she would be a great heiress no doubt and her debut was most anxiously looked for it was perhaps a fortnight after the paragraph had been well discussed that another appeared it was as follows marriage in high life we are informed that a noble earl whose recent ascension to a magnificent estate and ancient title caused some little sensation in the fashionable world will soon lead to the hymeneal altar the lovely and accomplished daughter of one of our most respected peers everyone knew at once that the earl of lendley was meant but who was the lady first a rumor a whisper then a certainty it was lady estelle hereford people remembered that he had liked her and had tried hard to get up a flirtation before he went abroad gossip gradually wore itself out in the meantime strange events had occurred at the farm there came a cold snowy morning when doris had been home some few days she was growing impatient the change was so great from gay sunny florence to cold foggy england from that luxurious villa 
where flowers and light abounded to the homely farmhouse from the honeyed words of her lover to the somewhat cold disapproval of mattie and mrs brace mark had said but little to her you tried your wings my bonny bird he said i am glad they brought you back here he did not seem quite so much at home with her as he had been more than once earl saw him look in wonder at the lovely face and white hands then he would shake his honest head gravely and earl knew that he was thinking to himself she was out of place at the farm mrs brace had said but little to her she knew it was useless earl had begged her to be silent while mattie looked on in sorrowful dismay would earl never see that doris was unworthy of him of her adventures but little has been said earl told them that he had met her in florence where she was staying as governess to some little children and had induced her to come home with him that was all they knew of the story told to earl they were in perfect ignorance doris had shown some little sense she had taken the costly gems from her fingers in any case it would never be safe to wear them again they would attract too much attention she told earl laughingly that she had thrown her pretty false stones away when in reality she had safely packed them where no one but herself could find them then after the novelty of receiving earl's homage again had worn off she began to grow impatient i cannot stay here long earl she said it is too terrible when shall i hear any news soon i am certain was the reply do not pray do not precipitate matters by any imprudence doris wait a few days longer but the news came at last on a cold snowy morning while the farmer and his wife sat at breakfast they heard the postman's horn outside the gate news ought to keep this weather said mark laughingly it is cold enough mrs brace hastened to the door there was a steaming cup of coffee to be carried to the frozen postman who took it gratefully and gave her a large thick letter it is registered mrs brace he said and your husband must sign the receipt now if there was anything in this world of which mark brace really stood in awe it was of pen and ink he could plough sow reap with any man but place a pen in his hand and an inkstand before him and he was reduced to a state of utter imbecility sign a receipt he said to his wife the man knows he has brought the letter that ought to be enough when he found it must be done he submitted to it then it was discovered that the only inkstand in the house was in doris's room and that young lady asked wonderingly what they wanted ink at that very early hour of the morning for surely my father is not taking to literature mattie she cried my dear sister when will you learn that it is in bad taste to be always sneering at our father was mattie's answer what does he want the ink for tell me there's a letter a thick registered letter seemingly a very important one and the receipt had to be signed she wondered why the mocking smile died so suddenly from doris's face why she grew pale and agitated and unlike herself 
"I shall be down in one moment, Mattie," she said. When she was left alone, she clasped her hands together. "It has come at last," she said "at last!" It was ten minutes before she went down. Then Mark had almost recovered from the effort he had made in signing the receipt. The postman had departed, and, like all simple-minded people, Mark and his wife were wondering from whom the letter had come, and what it was about. Doris listened quietly for a minute. Mattie was engaged in preparing tea for her sister. Then Doris said, Do you not think it would save all trouble and discussion if you opened the letter? Mark laughed sheepishly and said, She is right, you know. Then he opened the letter. It was not very long, and they saw a slip of pink paper fall from it. Mrs. Brace picked it up and saw that it was a check for fifty pounds. Meanwhile, Mark read on slowly and laboriously. Then he looked around him with a bewildered face and read it again. What is it, Mark? said his wife anxiously. Stop, said Mark, waving his hand. Steady. I have had many a hard puzzle in my life, but this is the hardest. I cannot understand it. Either the man who wrote it is mad, or I am. I cannot tell which. Patty, read this letter aloud. Let me see if it sounds as it reads. Mrs. Brace took the letter obediently from her husband's hands. No one saw the torture of suspense in Doris's face. Mrs. Brace read aloud. The Earl of Lindley presents his compliments to Mr. Mark Brace and begs that he will grant him a favor. The Earl desires most particularly to see Mr. Brace at once on very important business, and as the Earl cannot go to Brackenside, he will be glad if Mr. Brace will start without delay for Lindley Court. It is also absolutely necessary that Mr. Brace should bring with him his wife and the young lady known as Doris. The Earl encloses a check for fifty pounds to cover traveling expenses, and he earnestly entreats Mr. Brace not to delay one hour in coming. Send for Earl, gasped Mark, before there is another word said about it, send for Earl. Then he was struck by the peculiar expression of his wife's face. She bent down and whispered to him. That is it, he said with sudden conviction. That is it. Heaven bless me. I never thought of it. Send for Earl. Is it anything of any harm to you, father? said Mattie anxiously. No, my child. Doris, you say nothing. What can I say? You are a great man to be sent for by a mighty Earl. What can he want us for? It has come at last, said Mark. Well, thank heaven we have done our duty. I shall not be afraid to face him or anyone else. Then Mark sat in silence until Earl came. When he dismissed the two girls from the room, little dreaming that Doris knew far more of her own story than he did. Read this, he said, placing the letter in Earl's hand. Then tell me what you think. Earl read the letter attentively. I think, he said, that this concerns Doris, 
and that you will most probably find the earl is either her father or that he knows something of her parentage i expected it said mark with a deep sigh and heaven knows earl i shall be thankful to get the girl off my hands without any more trouble she frightens me my dear boy she does indeed she is so unlike the rest of us i am always wondering what she will do or say next she is out of place here altogether it will be a relief to me and honest mark wiped his brow with the air of one who was glad to get rid of a great burden my wife has more sense and better judgment than any woman in england he continued and she thinks that he will turn out to be doris's father where is the mother i wonder what do you advise earl i advise you to do exactly what lord lindley says start at once and take the ladies with you the matter is evidently pressing or he would not write so urgently i must go then but it is really a trouble earl i can get on with an honest ploughman or a sensible farmer but with lords and ladies i am quite at sea my dear boy i dread them i shall never forget what i went through with the duchess of course i know about all mankind being sons of adam to begin with but i like my own sort of people best earl i do not know that you are wrong was the reply earl mark said suddenly will you tell mattie about this affair when we are gone i know she will feel it terribly she is very fond of doris and neither her mother nor i have ever hinted it to her i will tell her said earl gravely now let me do what i can toward helping you i will drive you to quainton station you must go on to london first and from london to lindley it is in the south of kent i believe that you know every place in the whole wide world earl said the farmer admiringly in a short time they were all on the road to london while earl left alone with mattie told her the whole story and had the satisfaction for once in his life of seeing genuine surprise end of section 47 reading by marcia payne